You're listening to Lucky Episode 13 of the Broken Glass Podcast, from corporate to profitable musician with Bree Noble. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Today's episode is for all you musicians out there wondering just how the heck to make a living as a musician, because I have Bree Noble, the co-founder of the Profitable Musician Summit, right here on the podcast. Bree is a former director of finance who left corporate to pursue her music dreams. She's not only the co-founder of the Profitable Musician Summit, but the founder and host of Women of Substance Radio, the Female Musician Entrepreneur Podcast, and she supports women in music through her Female Musician Academy. We had a great conversation about the summit, ways to be profitable as a musician in today's industry, and how your mindset and personal wellness can make an incredible difference in your work. Before we get to the interview, I have just a few quick updates. I recently updated the Broken Glass Media website to include a page with my favorite tools. From there, you can find my favorite business and productivity, travel, and wellness tools. And I'm adding more and more each day, so be sure to check back to find more of what I love to use in my business and in my personal life. You can see it at brokenglassmediallc.com slash favorite tools. It can be hard to manage your personal wellness when you're jumping from your full-time job to a gig or to a side hustle, so if you're looking for ways to easily manage your personal wellness while hustling in the music industry, then be sure to sign up for the five-day challenge at brokenglassmediallc.com slash managingpersonalwellness. Each day for five days, you'll receive an email around one of the pillars of wellness with tips on how to make small changes for a big impact in your wellness. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your preferred platform. It helps to connect us to more women in music. And if you write a review, you might hear it right here on the podcast. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Let's get to Brie. All right. Welcome to the Broken Glass Podcast, Brie. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I am excited to find out more about your show and to be here. Yeah, so you um, have a lot of industry experience. So can you just tell me a little about yourself and what you're doing right now, and then we'll kind of go into your your backstory and how you came into the industry? Sure. So right now, I'm pretty well known for working specifically with women. I really enjoy working with female musicians, and I've created um, a lot of resources for them at femmusician.com and I have a membership called the Female Musician Academy where I work with them to just help them learn to market themselves. And, you know, a lot of them have just amazing music, but they need a little bit of help on the business side, learning to market themselves and learning to run a business versus just be a creative. So, you know, I help them with goal setting and productivity productivity and that kinds of thing. And... Um, as well, I have been doing what well, I know we'll talk about in a minute, the Profitable Musician Summit, because I'm so focused on wanting to help musicians make more money so they can keep making their amazing art and sharing it with the world. I know too many musicians that give up because they haven't made any money with their music and they can't keep self-funding. And I don't want the world to miss out on the art that they're creating. So um, we started the Profitable Musician Summit last year in 2018. And this year is our second year. And I am so excited to talk about what's coming up on the summit. Yeah, I was looking at um, a bit of the website today and it looks incredible. And I would encourage any anyone who's listening, if you're a musician, you should definitely check it out. Um, so Give me a little bit of your backstory. Like, how did you kind of get to this place where you are now, where you've got the Profitable Musician Summit, um, you've got podcasts, and and your your academy? How did you get to that point? Gosh, I mean, as most people, it was a long, crazy journey, you know, with many twists and turns. But definitely, always been a musician. Always loved to sing, play the piano. Growing up, uh, was in a, many choirs as I could be in in high school. Went on to college with plans to be a vocal major. And I was a vocal major, but 
halfway through college, I started to get practical. I started to think about like, what the heck am I going to do for a career? And I knew that there wasn't a lot of information out there on how to start a career as a musician. And so I got practical. I got a double degree in business. And so after school, I went out and worked in the business world. I worked in the corporate world as an accountant and eventually working as a director of finance for an opera company, which was pretty cool because got to attend operas and go to all the fancy parties and, you know, talk to all the famous opera artists. We were a top 15 company in the U.S. So we got people from Europe and all over the place coming to sing at our, our shows. And so that was a really cool experience, but it was just like it created more FOMO for me because I saw all these artists that were doing what they loved and were pursuing their dreams in music. And I was handing them paychecks and not pursuing my dreams in music. So after I'd been at the opera for, I think, five years, um, I figured out how to exit gracefully while still kind of working there part time. And I had a baby at that point. So I decided I wanted to stay home with her. And while I was doing that exit, I also had planned to just focus more on my music career and figuring that out because I had been spending 10 years trying to figure out how do you really have a career in music and do I just need to wait for a record label to tell me that I'm worthy? <laughs> and that's what I thought. And once I finally said, you know what, I just need to think about this more like a business, like a startup, that's when I started having success because I stopped waiting for other people to give me permission and just took the reins myself and started just total grassroots marketing, um, building from the ground up one show at a time and just kind of figuring it out and watching people that were a little bit ahead of me. And that's kind of where I learned from other women that were doing what I wanted to do and just watching what they were doing and learning from them. And so I built a music career with small children, believe it or not. I was doing mini tours, dragging my three and four-year-old around with me while I performed. And um, after that, after I had my second child, I decided I needed to stop touring because, you know, they were just having a lot going on in their lives and I wanted to be around for that. And in the meantime, I had started Women of Substance Radio, which I did because I wanted to promote more female artists. I wanted to give them more of a platform. I felt like there wasn't enough of their music out there on the radio and Sirius XM and all the places I was listening to music. And so in 2007, I started that. And after I went off the road and stopped performing as much, I decided to focus more on that and building that platform. We eventually became a uh, commercial station and then we moved into the podcast world and <clears throat> as I was working with all these artists I mean thousands of artists at that point I had been in touch with by 2015 because I'd been doing that for like almost eight years and seeing what amazing music they had but seeing that they really didn't know how to market themselves. And so I kind of shifted my focus a little bit or expanded my focus into wanting to help them to marry their creativity with some business knowledge and marketing because I had been learning a ton about online marketing to help market the radio station and podcast. And I had obviously the business knowledge of having a degree in business and working in the business world. So I married those um, and just started another podcast to help musicians called The Female Entrepreneur Musician. I loved working with females. Obviously, I had all those connections from the radio station and that just expanded into the academy. And um, as far as the summit, like I, a friend of mine, Steve Paul Freeman, I had seen him do his summit in 2016, which was the, the uh, Music Launch Summit. And I was a, a guest on there and I was really impressed with how he did his summit. And I since then really wanted to do my own. And so I had asked him for some advice on how do you, you know, how do you really do a successful summit? And um, he was really cool to give me some advice. But then the next day he contacted me. He's like, you know what? I love what you're doing. I think I want to be involved in that if you if you would want to, to partner. So we ended up partnering together. He's like the design genius, the um, kind of the 
tech guru in the background. Um, mm -hmm. And he's very good at just being able to understand where musicians are coming from and being able to speak to them in their own language. So that's kind of his genius. I love interviewing people. So I take that and I love marketing. So those are kind of my parts of the summit. And we just have really come together with a, a great marriage. We did it last year in uh, the Profitable Musician Summit 2018 and people loved it. So we decided to do it again. So that's where we are with the summit now. Yeah. And it's an interesting concept because it's all online, right? It's you don't have anything really in person. Yeah. Yeah. It's all online. And, you know, for me, I haven't really been to any music conferences because of the situation with having a, now I have a child that's 10 and one that's almost 16. But all these last years, you know, I've had younger kids and we live up in the mountains and I don't, you know, I can't, I don't have a way to baby, get them babysat while I'm gone for a long period of time. So I haven't gone to conferences. And so I really see the value of virtual conferences like this because there's people like me that can't go or there's people that just can't afford it. I mean, you know, conferences are not that expensive most of the time, but all the things that go along with them are plane tickets, food, hotels. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking at the ASCAP Expo and like the hotel, even with the rate of a speaker is like, oh man, I don't know that I can afford to be here for more than two nights. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, um, it's a female entrepreneur conference in Chicago at the end of April and I'm coming across the same thing. Like I got my ticket real cheap, but I got to fly there. I got to get a hotel room. I actually was going to stay longer, but had to cut it off because, you know, I, it's, it's so expensive to stay, especially downtown, right? Like, and oh, I know. as caps, like Hollywood, yeah. so it's so expensive. Yeah, exactly. And then even if you were to stay further away, it's, you got to think about how to get there, you know, do you Uber? Yeah. And then that can be expensive, especially in LA because that's where traffic. I live. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you live in LA? I live in LA. Yeah. So between it's either parking or Uber and it's, yeah, it can be ridiculous. So yeah. Right. So I think this is like a, this is a really great idea that you can just bring people from across the country and I'm assuming it's worldwide. Can, can people from other countries it's attend? Totally or? worldwide. Okay. Yeah. So actually my partner lives in Australia, so it kind of creates this global feel to begin with because he and I are how many, almost like 18 hours apart or something. Yeah. It's something so, crazy, you know, yeah. he can really see the perspective of the people across the world. And that's why we keep all the sessions open for 48 hours because we know that nobody can actually, you know, not everyone can actually come live. So we right. want to make sure that people have the chance to see all the sessions they want to see. Right. And is it kind of like an all day thing or is it just for only like an hour or two each day? So the session is actually sent the session. The summit is actually 10 days long. Okay. But on each day we release anywhere from three to five sessions. Okay. So you can kind of pick and choose the ones you want. If you want to see them all, you probably would need to set aside like four, three to four hours in a day to watch them all. And, okay. you know, you, you have 48 hours to watch them. So for free. So you can kind of plan your time accordingly. What So obviously there's a lot of pros to doing it online rather than in person. Um, I, I do know, though, with, you know, in-person events, you have that opportunity to kind of to network with other people. How how would something like that work? Do you, do you give the attendees an opportunity to connect somehow online? Is there like a chat or is there uh, like a forum they can join in on? There is. We have a Facebook group just for the summit. It's just a pop-up group for while the summit is going on. And it seems to get very lively. You know, people are talking about the sessions. The speakers come in there and respond to questions and comments about their sessions, which is really cool because it allows the attendees to actually connect with the speakers almost as if you were in person, um, but maybe you don't have to deal with the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, our our opening and closing sessions are live. So we do have a chat there and people can participate and we have giveaways and all kinds of fun stuff like you do in person, but it's online. Okay. So they, if, if they have a question as they're speaking, they can go ahead and just chat it in there and then they'll, they'll get to it in the Q and a portion. 
Um, so the, the uh, sessions are not live, they're oh, recorded, okay. but the speakers can come into the group and actually answer questions on, that come in on the day of oh, okay. that or particular talk. So I always, you know, start conversations about the different talks that are going on that day, and then people put their questions in there and the speakers can answer them. Okay. Um, and kind of going on the speaker uh, realm here. You have a, a wide variety of professionals speaking for the event. So how do you how do you go about sourcing and, and finding the right speaker for each day? Like, I'm I'm thinking each day's probably have a has a specific theme to it. Am I correct? And then you kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, it's it kind of is this organic process where it's like, okay, I, I have in mind the kinds of people or the people that I want to speak. And I also have in mind some of the kinds of topics I want. So sometimes it's like, these are specific speakers I want to speak. And I'm asking them if they'll, they'd will they be willing to speak on this particular topic after I do some research on them or if I know them and I know, you know what they specialize in. But sometimes it's I want someone to speak on this particular topic and then I seek out those people. And so I look online to see, you know, who's spoken on that topic at conferences or um, you know, might have a course on that topic or something. So it's kind of a hybrid of how I decide who I'm going to invite and what I want them to talk about. And somehow it all comes together. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm inviting speakers over months. And when we get down to it, it's like, okay, how does this all fit together in themes that make sense? Because we really want to have each day have their own theme. And so I think we've done a pretty good job of, of doing that. But it's 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 always a you know, it's like it's like a puzzle that you're putting. Right. Together. <laughs> um, yeah. The the focus is on profitable musicians and, and the varying income streams. How have you seen this change over the last several years, um, you know, as you've you know grown in your own career? Um, and do you anticipate new income streams coming available for musicians? Well, I think, you know, over the past few years that I've been doing this, I think one of the big income streams that's come to the forefront is licensing. And we do have someone speaking about that and he's fantastic and he's very successful in licensing. Um, I think that's something that came onto the scene pretty quickly within a year after I started really focusing on this and helping musicians as far as being something that people are really interested in and being accessible to indie artists. So we had somebody last year speaking about it. Actually, we had two people last year. This year we have one. He's just an amazing example of somebody that can be successful doing music licensing. Um, as far as other income streams, I think, you know, there's some pretty interesting ones that we've covered. Uh, we covered doing custom songs for your fans, like as they can buy custom songs as gifts for people, anniversaries, birthdays. I've seen that. that. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen uh, some cool. musicians that I follow do that. You know, kind of around Christmas time is when you see them start to really promote it or even Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think it's a really neat stream of income for musicians because you can charge a premium for that because you're obviously putting a lot of work into it and it's very you know, unique and customized. So we had someone speak on that last year. This year, we've got Tiamo De Vittore speaking on that. And he has an amazing business doing this for his fans. And, you know, he can make quite a bit of money on it. So I, he's so detail oriented when he talks about it on the summit. So I can't wait for people to watch it. And another one we have this year is um, Carrie Olson talking about voiceover work. Because musicians, you know, they've worked on their, at least a lot of vocalists have worked on their voice. They have the right kind of equipment that you need to do something like that. And so it kind of becomes a natural progression to maybe move into voiceover work if you enjoy doing that kind of thing. Right. And just to kind of add something to your, your own income stream. Yeah. So you can keep doing the music if that's what you're, you're going for. Yeah. But another thing, and when you said about future income streams, we've got um, Randy and Jason this year from Making Money with Music, and they are like constantly uncovering new income streams for musicians. So like their book uncovers like over 100. And I think that on their website, they talk about over 300 income streams oh, wow. that they've come up with. And so, you know, 
the speakers that we have are just really forward thinking and they'll help open your eyes to things that you've definitely never thought about. You know, whether they're big or small, they're, they're just, their whole focus is how can we expand the portfolio of income streams for musicians? Right. Cause when you, you know, if as a, you know, you're starting as a musician, you really think, oh, it's, you know, I write songs, I sell the songs, I tour. You right. know, that's that's what most people, I think, really think it is to be a musician. But, you know, especially in L.A. here too, you know, yeah, you can do that, but then you could be a studio musician. You could, you know, go play with a wedding band. Like there's so many other options besides just I'm writing my songs, I'm selling my songs, and I'm touring on it. It's it's pretty incredible to see, and I think especially too with the, um, you know how how little you know you can make from you know you're playing your song on Spotify. Oh, yeah. um, that you know, I mean, I know you know the industry is working towards it, um, you know, towards a better income for the songwriters from that. It, it's still you have to open up to to new, you have have more options. Yeah, and I think that the um, proliferation of really affordable equipment for recording from home has opened up a lot of income streams. I mean, I know a lot of musicians, including I do it sometimes, record demos for people just from their home studio and do that all online. Right. And it's, you know, it's a very simple process. It's made possible very easily by the internet and you get paid for it. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can use equipment that you might already have in order to record your own songs to make some extra income. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here with a professional microphone too. Right. So, there you go. And I have GarageBand and Audacity. So, mm -hmm. I mean, even just starting out with that, it's uh, the internet really, I feel like opened up so many more income streams for everybody. Yeah, uh -huh, you know, and, and just, you know, I got my microphone from Amazon. So being able to just go, you know, online, I want this and, you know, set your door the next yep. day. That's um, true. Yeah. So kind of going a little about you and your experience um, with your radio shows and podcasts for women in music and your online courses for female musicians. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience and, and what you learned from it, you know, that you're kind of taking and, and moving forward? Oh, man. Um, I think with the women of substance, I think what I've learned is there is definitely power in bringing everybody on board to help you market. So the great thing about that platform is that every time we have a podcast, we feature 10 different artists. And so all of those artists are promoting. It's not just me promoting. You know, and so the, all the artists are benefiting if each artist is also promoting. And I've also learned that making it easy for them to promote is so important. Making sure they have all the information they need and, and all the links they need in order to promote. And another thing we offer is free uh, social media images. So, you know, if they all they have to do is um, just request that they want an image and what their episode number is and send their picture and we'll create them a branded image that they can use. So they don't have to go in and figure out what they're going to, you know, create in Canva or something. They just have something right there. And it only, it helps all of us, right? It helps the podcast grow more. It helps all the artists that are on the show. And so I think just that collaborative effort of all the indie artists coming together as a community and helping each other, has been a really cool thing that I've seen, especially even more since I've had it as a podcast versus an online radio station. It's just become a little bit more social media friendly and collaborative. Right. And it's, it's, um, it can be more organic too. You're not, you know, paying for, right. you know, for marketing. You're just, uh, this person shares and then, you know, their fan shares and just kind of keeps going. And I, yeah, I prefer that kind of marketing over trying to figure out Facebook ad or Instagram sponsored post or something like that. I feel like it's much more natural. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I don't really promote my podcasts with Facebook ads. I promote other things with Facebook ads, you know, webinars and stuff, but I think that there's so much to be had with organic promotion because the incentive is there for the artists to want to promote because 
it looks good for them to tell their fans that they're on this respected podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, so you, you've built your online courses um, for female, female musicians, including the Academy. Um, what was that experience like kind of putting all that together and starting that? Did that kind of evolve from the podcast then? Or was that something you, you know, you had your experience in the industry and you wanted to, to help bring other people in? Yeah, I, I had that in mind when I created the podcast. So I always knew that the podcast would kind of be this gateway to the Academy. Um, so I started the podcast in April 2015, and then I opened the Academy in June. Actually, I think I actually started offering it for sale in May. And the nice thing was that I already had this list of thousands of female artists because of the radio station and the podcast of women of substance that I had a place to go to actually market, you know, an Academy to. And I had developed a lot of trust with them over the years of playing their music that I did really care about them having success. And so when I opened the Academy with absolutely nothing in there, <laughs> except a, a message that said, you know, things will be added started June starting June 1st, and this is what it's going to be. And, you know, we're going to have these live calls and that kind of thing. And they just trusted me. And to have 18 people join the Academy right up front because of the trust that I'd built with them, then I knew I was on the right track and I couldn't wait to just add all the content and, you know, build it. Yeah. Is it, um, is it like a, a, an evergreen kind of like you go in and you have the content there or is it kind of open close and it's, it's like kind six of, weeks? Well, or... it's definitely not open close. So it's, it's evergreen in that I've got courses, we've got, um, all of our, you know, marketing and business training, organized into the five stages that I see that musicians go through. So people kind of figure out what stage they're in right now and they start there. Um, but we also have lots of live elements. So we have three monthly calls now, two of which are like general questions and one of which is kind of a tech focused one. And um, those are, you know, people show up live, we're on a Zoom call, they're asking their questions, they're interacting with each other, they're having conversations you know, they're getting unstuck and, um, you know, people can watch the replays too, but the people that show up live really get a lot out of it. Right. They get their questions answered right then and there. And, yep. and yeah, I, I love that. I'm part of an entrepreneurship group too. And it's kind of very similar to that. She has her stages and, and, um, in, like the live trainings and all that. So I love that idea, um, of being able to help, you know, women, learn about the business. Mm -hmm. um, and you had mentioned that you saw a lot of the artists, um, female musicians and that um, they understood their craft, but they didn't quite understand the, the business part of it as much. Um, where do you see them struggling the most in marketing and promotion, especially in, in 2019? And how does that kind of differ from what men deal with? Um, you know, I really think that a lot of it is mindset. And, you know, maybe they don't know some of the tactics and things that they need to use, but so much of it is governed by their mindset. And a lot of them, you know, come in, they're, they're not, they're unsure of whether they, you know, they feel like they have the right to put their music out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They, um, they are afraid of, what people are going to say or getting haters if they put their stuff out online. Um, a lot of them are shy, you know, like on video <laughs> that, you know, is such a big marketing tool in 2019. And, you know, other ways that they're struggling is, you know, maybe in booking, like they just, they just ha are paralyzed by fear to start calling and doing some booking. Right. Because they just they just haven't convinced themselves that they're worth it. You know? Yeah, that's and, so and I don't know. To... I mean, there must be men must suffer from this too, but they hide it really well, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think I think women definitely we've had lots of conversations in our private 
live calls about feeling unhappy with the way you look and, you know, not wanting to go on stage because you don't think you look good enough and comparing yourself to, you know, women that are on music videos that are, you know, look amazing. And I, you know, a lot of people in the Academy, I have like all ages in there, but a lot of people that join are like 40 and older. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, there may be people that started out a music career and then they got sidetracked by corporate job or life kids or and... something like life in general. <laughs> yeah. Finances, you know, all those things. And um, so a lot of them are just, they've kind of been told that their music dream is dead mm. by industry people because they're too old. And right. so my goal is to show them that that's not true and that there's a market for their music out there. They just need to find their their perfect fans. Right. And I think, too, a lot of it is, you know, we kind of going back to the men struggling with confidence as well as I think men have been afforded more of an opportunity in the past than oh. than women were. And it was, you know, no, you this isn't a career you should follow. So for now, now as we know, in 2019, it's we have the opportunity, but we just kind of struggle with, oh, no, no, you know, just kind of thinking back to our, our history and into the past. And um, I think you know, mindset for me, too, is a, a huge, huge thing. And I've been working really hard on it. And um, it, I mean, it is a struggle, but you just have to just have to do it, you know, just go yeah. out there and just, you know, don't can't care about what other people think. And um, I think it was uh, Jen Sincero. I don't know if you've read her book, You Are a Badass. Uh, yeah, actually, I haven't read that one, but I am obsessed with You Are a Badass at, at Making Money. That's been my latest uh, yeah, love. Yeah, that one's – I love that one too. She's got another one out, um, You're a Badass Every Day. Yeah, I started reading it. <laughs> um, but she had said it's something, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you, just, you can't care what other people think. That's not your business. That's their business. Mm. And I, I loved that line. It was – that whole book inspired me. It's actually kind of what pushed me into all of this. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, I, I love, I love reading her stuff and just getting inspired. And she was in music too, way back in her early career. Like so punk that was bands and stuff. Yeah. So that was when I, I met her last year around this time and um, at a book signing. And mm. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm in music, and this was just incredible. But um, yeah. So kind of going back to kind of got a little off topic there. Um, but yeah, like I, we just, I think as women, we just really need to just do it, just go out and, you know, perform and just pick up the phone and just ask. Well, and I think a lot of female artists especially feel alone and isolated and don't have any people in their life that are, are doing this. Right. And so it doesn't, you know, they need good role models and mentors to help them have the confidence to do it because other people in their life might be saying like, this is ridiculous. Why are you even bothering with this? You know, right. that kind of thing. And so that's another thing that the Academy provides is that there's, you know, you get to hang out with people that are actually out there doing this and all different ages and having success and they're all at different mm -hmm. levels. So they're learning from each other and mentoring. And, you know, it's just this really cool atmosphere. And it's so, so little of it is about me. It's just more about bringing them all together and the magic that happens when they help each other. Yeah. No, that that's awesome um, to have that kind of support from collaboration and, and connection. I, I guess it kind of goes along with that, too. Um you know, a lot of us in the industry tend to hustle. We work full-time jobs and then do, you know, music or other businesses on the side. Um, and physical and mental wellness is something that a lot of women seem to be struggling with going along the mindset, you know, um, or they're looking for ways to improve it or they're just kind of struggling with it. So in what ways do you take care of yourself and your own physical and mental wellness, especially if you're really busy, you know, putting together your summit and your podcasts and everything? Um, there's a few things that just really make me feel like life is worth living. Um, some of them are taking, going outside, taking a walk, just really getting in that exercise, especially I, I'm a person that loves the sun <laughs> because I'm from California and I don't think I could actually survive in like the Pacific Northwest or <laughs> well, Canada we did, or we did somewhere. We for a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's just, yeah, I mean, this year has been hard for me because it's rained so much and Mm -hmm. it snowed here too, which it doesn't usually snow this much. So, you know, I haven't been able to go out every single day and I just really need that, not just physical exercise, but like being out in the sun and in nature. I live up in the mountains near Yosemite. So just having that communication with nature and like wildlife and stuff is important to me. Also, this may sound weird, but I am a person that takes a bath at least once every day because I love baths and they just make me feel like relaxed. And, you know, I take a bath to get ready for the day. I take a bath to wind down. (laughs) I take a bath when I'm cold. (laughs) I just, it, it really just kind of like centers me. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time for yourself too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not doing anything else. I'm not having to like do dishes or, you know, help a kid with their homework or, you know, <laughs> do some work. I'm actually yeah. just relaxing. So that's something that is an important part of my day. And, um, you know, I'm not the best at this, but diet is really important for me too, because I have, you know, certain health issues that become a problem if I don't pay attention to my diet. So, I've I've been trying to get better at that and really making more home cooked meals, even though I'm really not that good of a cook. You know, I I use one of those services where they deliver stuff to your house and it's forced me to like learn how to chop onions and garlic. (laughs) And, you know, before, if I have to think all this through, I'll just be like, that's too complicated and I won't do it. But if it's delivered to me and there's like instructions step by step, Mm -hmm. I do it. So I was actually doing that before we got on this podcast I made this like amazing pasta dish and it was delicious yeah I tried um what was it hello fresh um for a week just to kind of see because I I do all my own meal prep and cooking and I was like let mm. me just see what and it was it was great because it came to me I didn't have to think about it it was all packaged three meals yep separate you know I didn't have to okay well this goes with this one it was all it was so easy um and it, it's I mean relatively healthy right like it's not like you're um, you know, eating, going out and eating pizza and, and no, all that every day. No, it's quite healthy, so. really. I mean, and everything's fresh and I just don't, I don't like to shop and I don't like to plan to shop. I don't <laughs> like any of that stuff. So it's made me happy to be able to, to do that for myself. And I actually kind of enjoy the prep because that's another time where I'm like relaxing and I'm not thinking about business or something I should be doing in the house. I'm just like, thinking about not chopping my finger off while I chop garlic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and too, I think, you know, having that time to yourself and making sure you're getting your time outside and you're eating healthy, I think, at least for me, I don't know about you, but it it gives me more energy to to keep up with the hustle, to keep up with, you know, the business and everything. Absolutely. And and I'm I'm also weird in that I get I like to get up really early. So generally I get up at four. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely still asleep. <laughs> and but I go to bed at like eight thirty or nine because oh, okay. I I just am not a night person. I've just had to accept this <laughs> over years of like once it gets dark, I get tired and I'm not very productive at all. So I'm much more productive in the morning. So I've kind of just shifted my the way that I run my life and you know, my kids nowadays, my kids stay up later than I do and (laughs) they just have to be okay with that. And yeah, my daughter said once to me, like, when did it shift to me putting you to bed instead of you putting (laughs) me to bed? (laughs) Yeah. I kind of got to that point in my, my family too. So, but I'm not a night owl, like within like the next hour or two, I'll be getting ready for bed. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, what are you looking forward to in the future? And, you know, are there, you know, do you have any future goals, you know, with the summit, you know, expanding anything or just kind of keeping any everything as status quo for now? Well, I just came out with my book, which is based on the five stages I was talking about. It's called okay. The Musician's Profit Path. And it just came out in January. So I'm excited about, you know, expanding markets for that and um, potentially speaking more in relation to that book at, at different conferences and stuff. So that's, that's kind of exciting. That's a, a, you know, a direction that I haven't really gone yet. 
So um, for that to start happening this year is, is exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to, um, I'll link to that in the show notes um, so that uh, the listeners can find that. Yeah, that would be cool. It was exciting to, you know, get the proof copies in the mail. You know, yeah. It has my name on it, you know. It's like it's different from just the Kindle version to actually see it in paperback is pretty cool. Yeah, and to, to hold it. Yes. Yeah, it's the physical, physical proof. So that's, that's really awesome. Um, so uh, do you have any resources that you'd recommend for other music uh, – so, sorry, for other women who are starting in the industry? Well, I think one place for sure is I, I have a free group for female indie musicians on Facebook called the Female Indie Musician Community, FIMC. And we've got over 3,500 women in there. Um, and they're from all walks of industry, really, you know, some of them are sound engineers, some of them are producers, some of them are, you know, lots of them are artists, they're all across the board, you know, hip hop, mm -hmm. acoustic, pop, country, all that. Um, it's just a great place to, to network and collaborate and get to know other people and, and get support there. Um, so I definitely recommend that. If you're an artist, there is uh, Women Crush Music, which is a really cool group that has a lot of um, chapters throughout the U.S. in a lot of major cities where they're trying to put together showcases for female artists. So that's a great way that you can network as an artist and get some exposure. And that'd be all, all kinds of genres? Yep. All kinds of genres. Okay. She's got to be female. Okay. So, and of course, women in music is a great, is a great resource mm -hmm. for all things. That's something that maybe if you're not an artist and you're looking to work in the industry, women in music is where you want to be because there's right. people in there in all different kinds of careers. You know, they work in record labels and, um, you know, streaming platforms and just all across, you know, production houses and all kinds of stuff across licensing agencies and things. So if you want to get plugged into some kind of career in music and you're not necessarily an artist, women in music is the place to go. And even if you're an artist, there's a lot of networking to be had there. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, find those and link to those as well. So uh, our listeners can, can find those. Um, and then what's your best piece of advice for women who want to enter the, enter the music industry, um, either as a professional musician or as an employee at a music company? Oh my goodness. Let's just kind of start, if you're starting out, you know, like what, what would you? I, I think that the best piece of advice for anything is to find a mentor. Find a mentor that's doing what you want to do, that is willing to come alongside you and, and give you some advice. And, you know, maybe at first you'll just have to watch them from afar and learn from them and then try to figure out how to add value to them, how to help them out and then, you know, create a relationship with them. Because I know I wouldn't be where I am today without mentors. And even way back when I was, you know, a struggling musician and I was learning how to build it all from scratch, if I didn't have the group of female artists that I was in at the time and learning from those people that were out there doing what I wanted to do, I would never have figured it out. I would never have had those role models to say, I really can do this. Right. And and I think I've heard a lot about the the kind of give and take too, um, you know, helping each other out and, and that. And I think doing that and, and creating relationship is definitely um, kind of the right way to go, especially in this industry and, and collaborating in that too. Yeah, you really have to because people, people that are in a position that can help you probably get a lot of people approaching them. I know right. I get a lot of people asking me for free advice. And I don't have, I mean, I, I don't want to be mean, but I don't have time, you know, for to give out a lot of free advice to people. Right. But if somebody approaches me and is first, you know, wanting to, to help me out, wanting to promote what I'm doing, you know, thanking me for what I'm doing, I'm going to be a lot more open to giving them advice 
a little ways down the road versus someone that just emails me and says, hey, I know you know a lot about this. I've got this contract. Can you look at it? You know, I get stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, actually, Um, no, I have some other things on my list I need to do today. And I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all that kind of stuff. I'd be like, just go, go talk to a lawyer. (laughs) I don't want want to give you the wrong advice on that, especially. Totally. Yeah. Um, Do you have any uh, favorite books or podcasts or people that inspire you? Oh my gosh. So many. Um, Let's see. So one of the best music podcasts, I would say, there's several. I mean, there's um, Rick Barker's Music Industry Blueprint. That's one of the ones I think is is really good. Um, And so I'm thinking of all people that, of course, are speaking on my summit are coming to mind. (laughs) But um, Wade Sutton has a great one. It's like the five minute music business podcast or something like that but he i don't know how he does it but he maybe it's six minutes he get, he teaches you a lesson in like six minutes oh, wow. so he's like super editor you know he it's there's no blank space in this podcast like he packs it in and it really gets it across in six minutes so you know a lot of times if i'm like brushing my teeth and washing my face i can go through an entire podcast and that amount of time right. in six minutes. So yeah, you can learn something in, in very short amount, short amounts of time. Um, you know, I, I do always love the CD baby podcast. We have actually Kevin Bruner from the CD baby podcast is on the summit as well. I just love them because they kind of keep you up to date of what's going on right now. And they're artists, they're always testing different things. And, um, it's just a conversation between two artists most of the time, which is really interesting. So I often listen to that one. Um, but let's see, you said books too, right? Well, of course, you know, there's my book, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just, um, you know, anything that really inspires you and keeps you kind of motivated, keeps you going. Well, like I said earlier, the Jensen Charo's, um, you are a badass at making money. That has really helped me expand my mindset when it comes to money and it came at the perfect time because you know with this pot with this uh summit it's all about how can we be more profitable as an artist and it's giving me a different side of the money equation to talk about in you know how can we prepare ourselves to actually use these tactics that we're going to learn on the summit because I can pretty much guarantee that if your mindset is not right to receive them and you've gotten all these money blocks out of your way and these limiting beliefs, you're not going to be able to actually execute on any of the stuff you learn on the summit. So that's been a big one for me just in my own personal life. And then just like the way that I can help musicians receive the information coming from the summit. Right, yeah, because it's it's one thing to learn this is a tool here, but if you, you know, don't have your head in the right space, it's not you're not you going to take action yeah. on it because you're not going right. to believe it's really going to work. Exactly. Those are some great. I'm definitely looking to some of these uh, podcasts. Um, they sound really, especially the the five or six minute one. The six, I think it's six yeah. minutes. Yeah. Six minutes. Yeah. Um, so, do you have any? Um, do you have any favorite tools like for business, music, productivity? Um, I know I recently discovered, I mean, I've been using Asana for a long time, but I recently discovered how to truly use it to mm-hmm. my advantage. Um, is there anything like my that? Number one. Yeah, I love Asana. <laughs> I use Asana all the time. Um, it just keeps me on track. The biggest, one of the biggest things that musicians struggle with is consistency. And Asana really helps with that because if you've got, if you want to put out a newsletter once a week, you're just never going to just remember to do that. You know, having a way that you're reminded every week what you need to be focusing on and what you desire to focus on to build your fan base and continue to engage with them and all the things you need to do to have a strong career, you need to have reminders to do that. Because otherwise, you know, you're going to be wrapped up in, you know, your creative mode, which is all awesome. But 
it's just too easy to forget those things that you have to do to sustain your business. Right. And just to be productive. So, yeah. Love yeah. Asana. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you know, one of my favorite tools for musicians is Banzoogle. And I encourage all of my Academy members to use Banzoogle for their websites because it's so user-friendly for musicians. A lot of musicians get stuck on tech and with websites, you know, I've seen some musicians just like stuck for years on their musician website and when they could have just used Banzoogle and literally gotten it up in a couple of hours and then yeah. also not be captive as of to some, you know, marketing person or web designer right. that every time they had a new gig they wanted to put on there, they had to wait for that person to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually just looking at it now. Um, I hadn't heard of it before. Um, I've been mm. using Squarespace for mine because it's, you know, I can easily create a website there. Yeah, I there, actually so have it's... my Women of Substance site is on Squarespace, Squarespace and yeah. I do like it. I do like it a lot. No, I, this is actually pretty cool. To, um, but what's great about Google is that they have, you know, all those, their great templates and then so you don't have to think too hard about your design, which is good for me because I'm not a design person. And then for musicians, they've just got everything you might ever need to, you know, put your music up there so people can right. listen, to sell it, commission free, to sell merch, nice. built-in mailing list, yeah. all that stuff. So, Cool. Yeah. That's that's definitely a great tool, it looks like. Um, one last question here. Um, so where can my listeners find you and uh, how to register for the summit and how to get involved with your academy? Totally. So to register for the summit, it's totally free. And you can go to ProfitableMusicianSummit.com to register. And um, you, as far as connecting with me in other places, I would love to connect with you in our female indie musician community on Facebook. All you need to do is either look up female indie musician community when you're on Facebook or just go to WOScommunity.com and that will point you in the right direction. And as far as like listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician podcast, you can check that out at femmusician.com. That's F as in female, E as in entrepreneur, musician.com. And I'm on social media in, a, I think, Twitter and Facebook with at wosradio.com. That's the Women of Substance radio handle. And on Instagram, we are women underscore in underscore music. Gotta love that one. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not so easy to say. But if you just look up women in music, you should come okay. up. But well, awesome. This has been great talking to you, Brie. Thank you. I've yeah. had a great time talking yeah. about all this stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I, uh, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.